0: Hey, rachel
1: hey brian
0: so how was your week
1: oh what a week um i never thought that susan b anthony would live to see the day when she's pardoned for the crime of voting by one donald j trump and i guess thankfully she didn't live to see that day either because <laughs> she died in 1906
0: <laughs> she's a good company right he's uh, <laughs> roger stone and uh all the greats
1: all that well, she, he's pardoning a lot of dead people. He pardoned that dead boxer. He loves to pardon the dead,
0: <laughs> let the live live, and let the
1: <laughs> like, dead. Why can't anybody pardon the dead anyway? All right. Okay, anyway.
0: that's so terrible. We'll talk about that. This is nope.
1: The podcast where we shut it down is no my sign is no my number is no mm. you need to let it go mm. you need to let it go mm. need to let it go
0: okay it has in fact been a terrible week the one good thing is that we have another summer music series this week uh at the very end we are doing uh one of our favorite Living well, she's not actually living. She passed away tragically at a too early oh, age. I didn't yeah. know that. No, our finest, uh, finest. Well, she could be pardoned by Donald Trump now. Laura Branigan. <laughs> I was just going
1: to say, Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> we're going to we're
0: going to pardon Laura brannigan for crimes against pop music. <laughs> um and we're doing her 1984 hit self-control there's only two more weeks until labor day which will be the end of summer actually we haven't talked about this i was thinking maybe we take a take a skip week uh one of those two weeks so maybe there'll be one or two we'll see how we feel it's the dog days of summer i don't know you give me a look like like isn't this something we we should discuss (laughs) it's it's fine okay oh and rachel you want to talk about we got a, a particularly good review this week right
1: Yes. um, Someone named Taydan gave us a review that said, I love tuning in every week for a bit of comic relief amidst the madness that is the current state of the world. The banter is light and free flowing and your personalities on air meld so well with the material you're addressing. Thank you, Nope. Oh! We love you. Wow! More, more of this. Yes, yeah, we're very thirsty. We need reviews. And she's Please. not even
0: related to us. Our relatives hate the show. Right? It's it's only strangers <laughs> no. who can tolerate us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, this is already off to a silly start. Rachel, uh, anything interesting happen to you this week?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I have an interesting story timed um just perfectly for Airbnb's IPO filing today. Oh. Um, oh, I didn't realize it ha- you know, actually they, happened today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I have a story that might derail it. Actually, <laughs> personal yes. <yet laughs> global... is,
0: is the SEC going to like put a stop the to it? SEC
1: <laughs> chairman is listening to this podcast. I. I mean, well, we don't know. Um. So on on Tuesday, I went over with AJ to see my friends, Michael and Claire. Uh, They rented an Airbnb for a couple of weeks out here in East Quag, about 10 minutes away from where we are. And they have two kids um, who are great and who AJ loves. And we had a fabulous time. It's just, it's nice to see people not on Zoom, you know, but the thing I want to talk about is the house that they were staying (laughs) at, which was Definitely haunted and hideous. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> Everyone agreed it was haunted, and hideous does not even begin to describe it. Like the decor was so extraordinary, um, it was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, and hopefully we'll never see again. I, I took some photos. I'll post them on Twitter. And <laughs> wait, do your like friends it,
0: know that you're doing this to them? That you're exposing their beautiful Hampton's yes, home? I asked them. They
1: wanted me to.
0: <laughs> oh, we so we're shaming the Airbnb host. Here.
1: Yes, yes. It was crazy. So I think if I sent these photos to Netflix, like the queer eye guys would show up in like hazmat suits with a blowtorch <laughs> and just like burn the whole place. Oh, wait, the there's crowd. a
0: terrible um Netflix movie produced by Dave Franco called The Rental, and it's like the hot new low-budget horror film. And it's about basically an Airbnb. Two couples go to an Airbnb and it's being like stalked by a psycho serial killer and um, Doug and I watched it this weekend it was terrible I like that kind of movie generally it was absolutely terrible but the whole thing is like he had rented the house before and he put in like secret spy cams everywhere and was watching them and I mean the premise is good but the execution was terrible
1: that's probably like every Airbnb (laughs) every Airbnb so uh, so let me just describe this yes. house it was basically one of these like 1980s style modern houses with like those like slanted slat roof exteriors you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, It hasn't been renovated since like 1982 um the pool was surrounded by a deck that is totally falling apart but instead of fixing it the owners decided to cover it in like a mosaic patchwork <laughs> of turquoise astroturf and Wait, then turquoise sur- and
0: astroturf Not Oh, Turf no, astroturf, Astro-Turf.
1: Okay. it's like grass but it had like patches of like mildew so you don't want to walk on it barefoot but it was also like slippery on shoes anyway so surrounding the pool and all around the property which was quite large are sculptures of children doing various things like there's a child playing baseball golf playing with a dog just standing there there's Several bird sculptures hanging from a tree, which is in the middle of the pool. And
0: (laughs) wait, the tree's in the middle of the pool?
1: Yes, it's like an (laughs) L shaped pool. And right at the like bend, there's a, there's a like, japanese maple tree so like leaves are it's oh okay it's not growing shape. out
0: of the pool it's not like an it's not, aqua no, tree <laughs> but sort
1: of it might as well be um and there's a basketball court that is overgrown with vines and a sculpture of several lambs near it so oh. and, and, and okay and so sounds either very breaking. charming
0: or very creepy it's very scary.
1: I'll send you the pictures. But um, everything's breaking. If you hold on to the pool railing, it just like falls right off. The Krumpus. shower knob fell off when my friend's daughter tried to turn it. The cabinets are falling off their hinges. If you push a wall too hard, like the whole house is going to like fall down. Okay. And so then my friend took me inside just to show me, you know, and it's like it's a horror movie waiting to happen. The kitchen's all for Micah. It's like super 80s. And on top, top of the cabinets on top of the like top row of kitchen cabinets are 20 dolls oh. hanging over the edge like cabbage patch gargoyles and each one <laughs> is and each one is like sitting in its own like coffee mug like a jack-in-the-box <laughs> popping out and on the coffee mug it has like each person's name
0: <laughs> wait are they like the family's names or the, the doll's family. name oh, it's okay. like the <laughs> extended family
1: all rendered in dolls so it's like uh, hanging over
0: like Christmas stockings over the fireplace. Yes, <laughs>
1: but... yes, except 365 days a year. And and then there's like photos of the family that must have been taken in the 1970s all over the house. The family's in Speedos in every single one of them. There's a lot of men in this family. <laughs> Wait, out of
0: everything you said, that's the creepiest <laughs> part of it. My...
1: Okay. And they look like they were members of the Bee Gees. Like there's big medallions. Like hairy hair, chests. And hairy chest beards. Like... And finally, I go into the basement, and there's. (laughs)
0: Wait, wait! How did this like casual tour of the house lead you to the basement?
1: Well, she because Claire was like, "You have to see what's going on in the basement." So I go into the basement, and there's like a giant orange Harley Davidson, just like plugged into a wall. Plugged in. Surrounded. Yeah, I guess it's like an electric. Like a Tesla. (laughs) Like a Tesla Harley. And it's um surrounded by like a terracotta army of taxidermy ducks. Oh.
0: <laughs> I bet you that phrase has never been uttered in the English language before. A terracotta army? Wait, what was it? A terracotta army. Taxidermy, ar- ducks. taxidermy <laughs> of taxidermy ducks. No. No, no. No, Although I have to say this is the most first world problem story I've ever heard. The (laughs) the how the rental house in the Hamptons was poorly decorated, (laughs) poorly maintained, (laughs) and oddly adorned.
1: No, but imagine this. So this is my friend's like two-week rental. It's like she's going away, and every morning she has to wake up to a picture, right, adjacent to the bed of a chimpanzee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a chimpanzee also.
1: A 3D multimedia sculpture of a chimpanzee. Are you sure they
0: weren't taking the piss? Are you sure this wasn't like kitschy? <laughs> yeah, this
1: was, this was serious. Totally this earnest. Was serious. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: this is, uh, could you, I feel bad for your friends. Like, I don't know their situation, but they, I, I hope they didn't like cash in their 401k for their dream No, vacation. no, it's fine. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, the, the funniest thing is that my parents came too, because they're close friends with uh, Michael's parents. And they seemed to feel awkward insulting the house. So they were like totally overcompensating. And they kept saying how beautiful it was and how (laughs) nice it was. And the same thing with Michael's parents. They were like, isn't it lovely? Like they were afraid to insult Michael and Claire who don't own the house. And they thought (laughs) it was an abomination. (laughs) (laughs) They don't give a shit. (laughs) So I don't know. It was just, we need to move on. But like, it's haunting me. (laughs)
0: Okay. This has taken a while, but it's been worth it. There was a payoff to this story. Sorry. Okay. thank you. We may have to kill a nope now to make room for everything else. Um, okay. uh, before we get going, I just uh, I just want to note this. This isn't a proper nope, but there's something that happened this week, is that we thought the like primary season was over because the Democratic primaries were over, Joe Biden is getting anointed and so forth. But little did we realize that there was this last gasp, this last spurt of GOP congressional primaries or primaries that the GOP is, like, certain to win, right? And somehow, if it was possible to elect crazier insaniacs than before, we have two new people who are likely to be in the United States Congress who are just not just bananas, they are dangerous bananas. They are bananas yes. you are going to slip on and break your skull. So
1: well, one of them's- in One Georgia- of them's likely, one of them's likely, one of them's not likely, but yes. Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: So do the, so there's one that's a QAnon enthusiast. Yes,
1: Marge- Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's the first QAnon supporter who has like a legit chance of making it to the House of Representatives. And it's just like such a- telling testament to the fact that like the GOP this is now the party of Donald Trump he fucking owns this right this
0: is not the exception this is the rule now
1: this is the rule exactly so he Trump tweeted on Wednesday hailing Marjorie Taylor Greene as a future Republican star saying she's strong on everything and never gives up she's a real winner um, Until she Trump- loses. <laughs> no, she, well, Trump <laughs> no, I know, won but- her right. district by 53 percentage points in, in 2016. So it's likely that she's going to win, which is truly scary because she believes in this conspiracy theory that like basically a cabal of Satanists who or sa- like Trump is saving the world from a cabal of Satanist child abusers and he was even asked about this today just like a couple of yeah, hours ago I was, I was at his press conference yeah yeah and um he did the same thing he does with everything like it's just like plausible deniability I don't know about that I don't no, know but said, if if they think I'm saving something then it's great you know no
0: no he said like oh I haven't heard that but I don't know is it a good thing is it a bad thing I don't know like, right. He
1: says both sides. So, like, so his supporters could say, no, he didn't say that he endorsed it, you know, but yeah, like, yeah. he clearly. Okay. Didn't so th- and this woman is it. not like,
0: it's not like there was some like little QAnon tweet that she had. Like, she actively, like, she gives speeches. Like, that is her, no, that is her passion. No, she's a full on
1: batshit tinfoil hat wearing, like, it might as well be like Alex Jones elected yes. to the House of Representatives. In fact, That's we should, draft, we should draft
0: Alex Jones to run against her because he might be. <laughs> Be better
1: you might be more sane than this woman yes
0: okay and then um, who's the other okay. one again?
1: the other one is named laura loomer who is a parkland and sandy hook denier um who once chained herself to twitter's (laughs) new york headquarters to protest being banned from twitter she's been banned from twitter so you have to be like really pretty terrible for them to take action she's 27 years old she looks 59 if she's a day like because that's the thing with these people also like being such a terrible lying piece of shit really is not good. It ages you. It ages you. (laughs) It does. Like Alex Jones looks like he's like going on 500. Right. They're all,
0: they're all crip keepers. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) So she, this woman, Laura Loomer calls herself a proud Islamophobe. Um, She has very little chance of winning against the Democrat that she's running against. There's a woman named Lois Frankel who won, the district by like Oh, sounds like points. a Jew.
0: Lois Frankel sounds like a Jew. Lois Frankel,
1: you. yes. Um, and Laura Loomer is also a Jew. No. Yeah, yes. And, and this is all taking place in, I'm like totally burying the lead here, in um, Palm Beach, which is, <laughs> it's like Mar-a-Lago town. Oh, yeah. So- <laughs>
0: I give up. I give I mean, up. Can we just, just shut it down? No. Yeah, just okay. shut it down. This I wasn't going to be a full nope, people. but it, it qualifies as a nope. So nope, shut nope, it down. No, nope, no,
1: absolutely <laughs> not. Okay.
0: Okay. Speaking of lunatic, insaniac, batshit, crazy things-
1: Yes. Rachel,
0: back to you. (laughs) Okay,
1: back to me. So there are some new drugs on the market. Um, If you're still with us after trying bleach, shining a light on your internal organs and taking hydroxychloroquine, um, you you may want to try these things too. So the first one has been promoted by uh, Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson. Who was once a pediatric neurosurgeon, and Mike Lindell, the CEO of My Pillow, who was once a crack addict. Um, and I just said he was a crack
0: addict. Yes. Well, they're equally qualified because they both hold heads in their hands. Like yes. they both cradle heads. But
1: Brian, you knew he was a crack addict because we did a segment about his autobiography <laughs> from <right>. crack addict <laughs> to entrepreneur.
0: We are on we have done 1330 notes. I am proud that I remember most of them, but not all of them.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, my point is that neither of these two people, um, Ben Carson and Mike Lindell, are experts in infectious disease. So they have no idea what they're talking about. And the therapy that they are touting as a miracle cure is extract from the oleander plant. And it's called oleanderin. And surprise, surprise, Mike Lindell of My Pillow, our finest living <laughs> pillow salesman has a financial stake in phoenix biotechnology which is the company that produces oleanderin and he has the ear of his buddy donald trump who is now hyping oleanderin too because surely he's in on the grift um and the main thing that you need to know about oleanderin is that it is a dietary supplement that has never been tested in animals or humans for its efficacy against covid-19. It has shown some evidence of inhibiting the virus in a test tube in a non-peer-reviewed study, which means at best you can say further evidence is needed. If, if you
0: are a test tube
1: then it great. Might,
0: it might protect the surface of your of your glass coating. Right. Or not
1: exactly so that has none of this So has score stopped. one this, for
0: score another one, score for, one science, for test tubes for science.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course this has not stopped the ceo of my pillow from going on cable news and waxing evangelical about his new snake oil miracle cure so much so that anderson cooper called him out and i have a great clip of that here
0: you have no medical background. You're not a scientist. A guy called you in April, said he had this product. You are now on the board and going to make money from the sale of this product. No, no, the no. The reason no, he that, reached it, out to you is because you have the ear of the president. So he gets no, a meeting with the president, and you no, stand to make near, money that, from that's this. Your How do you sleep at night?
1: Anderson that's your narrative. Um this is You're I just going to make board money last from week this because because they want I don't care about the money. I think I've proven that. Really? I give millions of dollars to everything that happens from hurricanes to $4 million with of mass that I gave mm-hmm. out free from to- my pocket. So that's Yeah, I that's, read the tra- I read yeah. the
0: transcript, but it is really something to be- behold in, in yeah. life.
1: Um yeah, I mean it's pretty despicable um but it's all within the bounds of ordinary Grifting, uh, and this next therapy takes things to a whole new level. It's a drug that has emerged from the bowels of the QAnon conspiracy, <laughs> the message boards.
0: Yes. Oh, not, not even from the message boards, it's like, yeah, so from the subreddit. Okay, from
1: the subreddit. So, gird your loins. I'm gonna try to explain this. <laughs> Uh, it's unlike it's just unlike anything I've ever heard. It's uh, it makes absolutely no sense. And it hurts your brain to try to understand it. So just bear with me. So there's this substance called adenochrome, and it comes from the oxidation of the stress hormone adrenaline. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of bullshit lore around it. Hunter S. Thompson wrote about it, but it's never been proven to work to cure any diseases. Uh, doctors in some countries use it to treat blood clotting, but not here. So um, the Daily Beast had a really great explanation of the whole thing that I will link to in the show notes if you want more. <laughs> but, <basically. laughs> if you need to hear <laughs> If you want to really dig it's deep. Like a, but... It's like
0: at the end of a book, like Oprah's book club, it's like book book club notes, like topics for discussion. Like we can right. have that after. <laughs>
1: yes, we can break out into like little groups <laughs> and discuss this. <laughs> um, but basically the, the QAnon conspiracy theorists believe that there's this cabal of global elites, which we mentioned before, and they use adenochrome for drug crazed satanic rights, derived from torturing children to harvest their oxidized hormonal fear. Okay? <laughs> I, mean, I swear organs. to God, this is not, actually... We're not even
0: organ harvesting. We're, we're harvesting their fear?
1: We're harvesting their fear. And the <laughs> highest profile adrenochrome incident took place in 2018 when Google CEO Sundar Pinchai was questioned by the House Judiciary Committee about a conspiracy called, I shit you not- Frazzle drip. <laughs> How did we miss this?
0: I watched those hearings. I know. Um,
1: How did we miss not even, not even
0: Not even Fraggle Rock. Frazzle drip. <laughs>
1: Frozzle drip. So this is a crackpot theory that involves a mythical video that was supposedly squirreled away on Anthony Weiner's laptop. And if it was leaked, it would show that Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin performed a satanic sacrifice in which they slurped a child's blood while wearing masks carved from the skin of her face. Oh they both God. wore the masks carved out of <laughs> Wait, one face? Or is
0: it... Was there two faces? <laughs> two 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 girls, one cup? Like what <laughs> I just
1: I don't know. I don't know. But you would think that if Is frazzle existed... wait, is frazzle
0: drip the procedure by which you do
1: this? Or is it like
0: I think does he need an IV? No, he needs a frazzle drip.
1: He needs a frazzle drip. I think that's what that's what I that's what my interpretation was of the frazzle drip.
0: This so, is one of the nopiest nopes we have ever done. I I
1: know. I know. It's I I just whenever someone tells you it's time to put aside our differences and engage in a healthy debate with people this, like this. No, this is not
0: a subject for debate.
1: Just say fuck you. This is a subject
0: no. for involuntary commitment of Yes. This is not okay. People, the world is not okay. I'll let you do the nope because it's too awful.
1: Just nope. Shut it down. Absolutely. adrenal chrome? No. 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 Nope. Absolutely
0: no. Nope. Okay. I'm going to make it a little bit lighter here. So um, this is a good example of one of those stories where I approve of the message, but not so much the medium. (laughs) <laughs> and so many things like like everything um and i took on this topic with reluctance because as a man i really don't have standing to comment so i'm just going to state the facts and as we sometimes <laughs> do the headline says it all and this comes to us from our one of our top listening destinations australia and it is the following melbourne artist plans to self inseminate for a lockdown live stream And in the description, it says, sometime soon, like it's a surprise, this artist, who I'll talk about in a second, will put out a call on social media, and a vial of sperm will arrive at her door from who knows where, and she will self-inseminate and attempt to conceive, and she will do this monthly for four months until she conceives so this is a original piece of performance art but it also has a purpose if it if it goes well she will be with child at the end of this experiment this is sponsored by the australian government
1: really by the that australia is... council
0: and the Art center melbourne and uh wait how did i i wrote her name down i don't even have it uh she has a name Are they trying to increase the
1: birth rate in Australia? I don't know.
0: It's like birthright Australia. (laughs) No. So, um, okay. So she says her message is that it is about the disadvantages of women in the art world. And she says that the art world is all about schmoozing and cocktail parties. And if you're a mother or a single mother, you don't have the luxury of going out and doing all those things at night, which puts you at a disadvantage in the art world. Which I agree with. Generally, I think you probably do too. Um, this is
1: all true, but how
0: are you <laughs> right? What is that? The, it is unclear how this protests <laughs> that. <laughs> like, what is like? It's it's anti-art cocktail parties by. In- I guess
1: then then this is the art then that's the art and it's drawing attention to the beauty of right creation. well she has she has
0: an explanation I'm not sure it sheds any light but here's what she says she says I'm going to be doing a performance when my body is ready and you can come to me rather than trying to fit my body into these very patriarchal schedules like her like as opposed to what like under normal conception it does requires two people's timetables to coincide
1: yes that's right true Right.
0: Correct. Right. Both people have to be ready. Right. Or the... <laughs> Am I wrong? Do I not understand t- how the, reproduction
1: works? The vial of sperm <laughs> is ready. and Right.
0: There's still dependencies here. The vial has to arrive on time. Like, yes. And she a... has to
1: be ovulating. But, like, how is she going to... How, like, could you describe what the performance is going to be? Did she... Did she... I assume it's a turkey
0: is... <laughs> sperm and a turkey baster, I guess. I don't know how these things work. I've never inseminated okay. anyone as That's far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, very interesting. But then she said she said the purpose of doing it this way, she said I want it to be as simple and uncontrived as possible.
1: Uncontrived. This is the most contrived scenario. This is the most I Most contrived. Think of. People are going insane under lockdown. Like who that could must blame be her?
0: Okay. Now the thing yeah. is, though, this is not her first work of art of this sort. Her first one is in 2013, and it far predates COVID. She, this was. Uh, a, <laughs> you don't know this. <laughs> okay. We talked about the first item, but you don't know about her body of work. <laughs> her body of work includes a vaginal knitting. A, a vaginal knitting performance <laughs> whereby she sat in the, she sat in the corner of a wooden box with no pants and her legs parted and she has knitting wool coming out of her vagina that she then knits continuously for 4 days on end so it's like an endless
1: my God! <laughs> my God, the endurance <laughs> required for
0: this task, and the like, the storage space—like, <laughs> did she get to re- refuel, replenish at some
1: point? Oh my God!
0: <laughs> so
1: okay, many questions.
0: And then, so it was up on YouTube, and there were a ton. I don't think it's there anymore. There were a ton of haters on it, so she decided she was going to own the hate. So she, she. Programmed a digital knitting machine that she bought on eBay. I don't know what a digital knitting machine is. And she knit the negative comments she got online and she did it with wool, but the wool was dipped in her menstrual blood. Okay. Yeah. Ashes to ashes, dust like to dust. She, it came from has, the vagina, right back to the vagina. She has
1: a medium,
0: <laughs> she's got a message. <laughs>
1: I wish her all the best. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's art.
0: That's what I'm saying. I do not have standing to render this nope, so I'm going to let you do this as well.
1: Okay. I mean, I guess I'm just saying nope to this. Yeah. I, it's I don't ridiculous.
0: know. It's ridiculous. It's,
1: it's a little bit. I don't know uh, if it's
0: existentially ridiculous. It's not, it's not appalling. It's just ridiculous.
1: I think I... I you know my first reaction to it is nope but maybe if i learned more about it i might change my mind but okay, for now okay so giving nope. giving
0: her vaginal vaginal knitting the benefit of the doubt <laughs>
1: yes, <I am> <laughs>
0: in service of a larger cause okay yes. let's move on then <laughs> okay. okay let's do this okay. other one let's do this other one cuz i think it's good that you said you wanted okay.
1: to do okay yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to just tell you a story from the front lines of the pepperoni shortage because we're <laughs> living a, in a time where. you're can't establishing have nice things. that
0: as like fact that everybody knows about.
1: Yeah. S- I mean, state. there's a pepperoni shortage, it's happening.
0: It's real. Are, are. i didn't
1: know it i didn't know it but it's real so it um this is not q anon so <laughs> Wait, it's so a frizzle trip it's a frizzle drip. <laughs> so this is kind of a, a personal story aj loves pepperoni and we make pizza here all the time and he loves um pepperoni sandwiches for lunch. So oh. I buy a lot of pepperoni, but recently I went to the grocery store and there was no deli sliced pepperoni left. So I had to buy the kind of like small pizza discs and the yeah. prepack thing, which I don't like as much. And I didn't realize why. And the reason why is because of this global pepperoni shortage. Um, prices of pepperoni <laughs> have nearly doubled if you can even find it anywhere. And there's a supply and a demand issue. Um, so here's what's going on. According to the Washington City Paper, our <laughs> finest chronicle. No, it's great. Of-
0: Mikey Schaefer, <laughs> yes. my friend Mikey is uh is the editor of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, um Pepperoni is suffering from this double whammy of being a product that's labor intensive because it requires curing as well as having low profit margins. So meat the, mar- the margins
0: are being squeezed on pepperoni, they're being sliced, <laughs> sliced <laughs> extra thin.
1: <laughs> so the meat factories are prioritizing products that require less processing and less labor because they're struggling to keep everybody safe and healthy during this pandemic. And so now who's suffering? Who's being hit the hardest? The small independent pizza shops. Because large chains like Domino's and Papa John's, they have these pre-existing contracts in place that protect they them buy like from- pe-
0: pepperoni futures on yes. the futures market. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: And I think I need pepperoni futures too, because <laughs> I need to ensure that I have it, because it's one of the only things that AJ loves. And so anyway, there's a small pizzeria in DC called Bozzelli's. It's like a small chain. Do you know them?
0: No, I don't eat pizza.
1: Um. Yeah, but maybe you would go there for something else. But no, I block um, it all. I block it all out. So they're um. So pepperoni pizza is the most common type of pizza that people order. So they're trying to get creative to get people to order other types of pizzas. So they created a Tiger King pizza, which I don't even know what's in that. They have a <laughs> mac and cheese. Tiger. Pizza. <laughs> They have a steak and cheese pizza. All of these things are disgusting. We just need the pepperoni back, like at the very least. Let's just like have that.
0: We cannot have nice things. We cannot.
1: Everything that was like, that used to be an, every,
0: an everyday treat within the budgetary reach of every American.
1: Yes, and now it's,
0: it's that is gone too. Was that I the whole thing? <laughs> That's so, whole I have nothing else to say about <laughs> okay. it. So nope, nope to the to pepperoni the pepper- shortage. Okay. <laughs> we started out with like major political conspiracies and now we're on to a vaginal knitting and pepperoni <laughs> shortage. If you've listened to this podcast, it's not the worst you've ever done. Um, okay. So uh, can we do summer music now?
1: Yeah, please. I know it's what you look forward to the most. It's in the, o- <laughs> the only thing I look forward to. Yeah. Okay.
0: So as I said, this is the 1984 hit Self Control by Laura Branigan. <clears throat> First, a little bit about the song. I never loved it. You liked it.
1: I mean, I kind of like it when it busts out about like the creatures of the night. Yeah, like-
0: I, I always found it very moody and like the verses in this minor key and the arrangement's very dark, although it does have a good guitar hook at the beginning that dun 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 da 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 dun. da dun, 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 yeah. right, okay. So let's uh, otherwise it's kind of bland, but here, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the song so you'll recognize it. So for a song that does not knock my socks off it does have an illustrious history it is a remix a remake not a remix a remake of a huge hit by the italian singer Raff, raf r-a-f raf um, who was apparently a big pop singer in italy and it was written by one of Italy's finest pop songwriters, Giancarlo Bigazzi, who also wrote the song Gloria as recorded by Umberto Tazzi, Umberto
1: Tazzi. and who
0: re-recorded oh. by Laura Branigan.
1: Wait, she's an appropriator of Italian artistry. Not
0: just us. She's like, this Giancarlo Bigazzi is like her muse. Oh she, my I, God. She, she must have bought the like worldwide rights to everything that flows from his fingers. Yeah. Like, because wow. who would have okay. thought? I mean, that that is truly like... lost facts of 80s music the fact that laura Branigan's entire opus her entire body of work is cribbed from italian pop i would never have guessed it okay now this song and we'll talk about the lyrics in a second wikipedia says the song is about a woman who quote slips into the world of nightlife ooh but it is not about that it is clearly about a sex worker And it's about sort of owning her own, like my self control, like when I'm whatever. You take my self control, and the lyrics, notwithstanding an opportunity to make a real statement about an important topic, are truly dreadful. So here, here is the, the the lyrics from the top. Oh, the night is my world, city light painted girl. In the day, nothing's matters. It's the night time that flatters. In the night, no control. Through the wall, something's breaking. Wearing white as you're walking down the street of my soul.
1: That's bad. That's it's like really a bad. very um, adolescent. Yeah, it's like an It's like you write in your goth diary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and there's this wearing white as you're walking, and you'll see that white will be a theme here in the video. So, the video, talk about this. It is bizarre. It's like a fever dream. It was directed by someone named William Friedkin, who was the director of The, oh, Exorc- the Exorcist like and The French Connection. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I wow. guess by 1984, he had hit rock bottom and was directing this garbage video. <laughs> okay. Um, there is like, I don't even, we'll describe it in a second. So this song was, uh, the video was banned from MTV by the censors, and they had to make changes to it. Um, And I don't know if the one I'm watching to describe it is the censored or the uncensored version, but it seems pretty tame to me. I mean, I could see how it's the kind of like titillating that someone in 1984 might think that it's a a bridge too far. But um, I don't know, it seems pretty tame to me. And this was Laura Branigan's biggest hit. It was number four in the US. It was the most successful single of the year in Germany and Switzerland. And oh. I guess there's are Italy adjacent, but so. Not Italy. <laughs> but not Italy. Like, it never made get it. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the, like we've already heard this song, and it was better when Raf sang it. <laughs> <laughs> Two
1: years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the same year. He oh. his was a hit in '84 too, and like she re- oh. recorded it like a month later
1: wow that's so weird yeah it's the, a it's a truly marketplace was different back then
0: much much different I, <laughs> I i grieve for those days okay so here's the video it's all very moody um it starts with a close-up of a daisy and then it pans to this creepy vacant eyed doll that could have been in your friend's house
1: uh, that's i know i watched the video again today and i was like that's like that's the, the that's the doll now. we all know dolls <laughs> are creepy not, this is not one my of friend's house it's an <laughs>
0: No, you zoom out and it's like a boudoir and it could be in like Paris or something. Um, And there's Laura Branigan sort of languishing on a daybed. And then she goes up to a mirror like to caress her face and behind her creeps up like a white faced ballerina who starts stroking Laura Branigan's hair. And then like her hand goes down her collarbone and then brushes her boob. So at this point, you know, you're in for some creepy shit.
1: Who um, among us has not been no, no, seduced no, no, by a ballerina who emerges from our closet? We I mean, don't know if she's
0: from the closet. She could have come from anywhere. And then see the her, see, seeing oh, her in the mirror behind her. She broken wall. Broken from- walls, right, yeah. This is the literal <laughs> ladies' videos, exactly. Um, and then you cut to a street scene where there's this weird, like, tarp on the ground like it's like a wrinkled tarp like it's
1: like they don't even bother to they couldn't like afford... go so far as to say like this isn't a set it's like right. such an obvious <laughs> right. set. they
0: couldn't afford asphalt they, like, like william
1: they... <laughs> friedkin couldn't demand better than that
0: no it's on a tarp <laughs> like a plastic not even like a like a paint like you would put down plastic for painting or something
1: it's like it, it's shot like inside like a it's like a gymnastic studio that's being renovated.
0: <laughs> Wait, there's more renovation to come. Anyway, she's strutting down the street, um, and there's like a giant one-way sign on the, on the street that's like bigger than three people. And then a Rolls-Royce, a stretch Rolls-Royce pulls up, and then they look in the, in the window, and it's being driven by like the Phantom of the Opera this guy with this creepy like an eyes
1: wide (laughs) shut Uh, yes this
0: this was a a a precursor to eyes wide shut there's a lot of that in this sleep no
1: more remember sleep no more of course yeah that that wasn't that long ago
0: yeah so okay so this is like i'm just gonna call him the fan of the opera even though it's both sides not the one side okay so (laughs) i guess she gets in the car and then suddenly cut to this like underground gambling lair it's like casablanca where like people are playing dice and things like that but then behind them is like a nightclub with 80s dancers and they're just doing the, they look like normal 80s characters in a nightclub and they're doing their dance but then she spots across the nightclub the phantom of the opera again and she she he he grabs her and they start walking down a hallway that has these tarps on the wall so i guess they were also renovating the walls and then he takes her she like falls through a door And then she finds herself in another underground room. But this one on the renovation theme is filled with scaffolding. And I can only describe what's going on there as like a ballerina orgy. Yes. um they're like slithering they're hanging from the scaffolding they're slithering all over each other there's
1: a oh. lot of aluminum foil involved oh, no too. that's a,
0: it's like mylar like there's mylar <laughs> okay. on the floor and there's like a cello player and they're all wearing masks and it's actually this part the art direction is pretty good like there's people with like masks where their heads are on backwards so you think you're looking at their face but it's the back of their head so it was actually kind of effective there. And and then, like, they're walking down another hallway, there's a lot of hallways, and it's very unclear at this point, because she seems to be going with him willingly, so it's unclear if she loves him or hates him, which I guess is the moral ambiguity that well, drives the Well, he
1: took her self-control. She, oh. she has no free will when she sees the Phantom of the Opera.
0: Oh. you It's were... a siren song. <laughs> of, <laughs> of,
1: of Scylla, the, this is the
0: siren song. of. It's all about Scylla and Charybdis here. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So then they walk down another hallway, and this is like if you remember from a few weeks of the torture video. Remember when like Jermaine is walking down the hallway, and their hands coming out to grab him, yes. and he's like overacting. Yeah, that's here and, too. That was that's here thing. too. That was a big popular trope. So except this is a white hallway, and there's white hands, like with fabric groping at her. So the groping, the hallway groping, was a big issue in the early eighties. It was. <laughs> <laughs> this was making Ask a anyone. social. This was making a social statement, <laughs> um, and then they go into another room with another orgy of different ballet dancers, and then she gets into the action. They sort of start molesting her, and then and it's unclear if you're in that room or in her bed but the phantom rips off his shirt and he's totally buff and they start making love and this is what makes me think I don't know this is all the sex worker vibe here right he's taking her self control and okay so then they I don't cut-
1: agree with the sex worker oh really I think, okay yeah I, I think it this is clearly obviously a song about <laughs> a woman whose lover ran off to join woman Sean's <laughs> With, like, the and- toilet paper in the eyes, <laughs> yes. and came back. <laughs> and she's trying to, she like, has
0: like, PTSD, like, she's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, tra- traumatized by the mum and shots. <laughs> She's trying to fit her reality into the- She's having a the... nightmare.
1: She's having a nightmare okay, about okay. finding him.
0: Reasonable people can disagree. I've already blew my feminist cred with the previous item. Okay. so Okay. So then, for the final scene, there's a cut back to the boudoir. It's ransacked, and she's lying dead on the floor. <laughs> After all this drama, we've we've grown to sympathize with this character. (laughs) She's (laughs) the protagonist. She's the hero of her own love story. And then no explanation as to why she's dead. She's just dead on the floor.
1: But and... there's also, you for, You failed to mention the part where she's like standing on the stairs and wearing like a pashmina, which is like <laughs> well, a she... very right. well, not they... sexy look for a, a night walker. But did so she, I thought...
0: oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe it was, she was a humble night walker. <laughs> <laughs> she was very conservative. She was like the the girl next door <laughs> with the pashmina. Right. She and... was
1: like living among the creatures of the of night, night, but she wasn't of them. Of them. <laughs>
0: That's the point. Okay, so she's dead, the Phantom of the Opera is there and then he walks through and like goes through the window, but like he just walks through the window as if he's like mystical. But then, twist, and here's the surprise ending. She's not dead. She's just just playing dead maybe, and she gets up, she's wrapped in a white bathrobe and she gets into bed and you think, "Oh, happy ending." And then another twist, she rolls over and the Phantom is in bed with her. Was it all a dream? We'll never know. We'll never know. It was know.
1: a fever dream, as it was, you said. It was, all a, it
0: was all a fever dream. So this is redonkulous, this video. <laughs> I mean, the worst ones is when they're trying to say something and utterly fail. Like there are some that were doing that are just incoherent and like- Yeah,
1: this was very earnest. Like they thought that this was art. Like this is serious.
0: Well, it was a famous director who makes famous art. Famous
1: director, right. yes. And
0: um, yeah, so this was a fail. Just it was his worst work.
1: (laughs) They like they blew all the budget on the director and then they had like just like enough money to buy like a few tarps and and that was it.
0: (laughs) And a mask and And some scaffolding.
1: Like, it was like William don't. Friedkin took all the money like, and <laughs> Okay,
0: so okay, this video gets a note, but there was a good good summer music series. Okay, let's move on to our yups. Uh, these are the little yes. rays of light, little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, what is yours?
1: Oh, gosh, there was not that much in this country, so I'm looking over to Portugal for my inspiration. <laughs> Where um, else? Where else? <laughs> I mean, I will say, like the the convention has been uplifting. There have been some good speeches, but this this is really the thing that was my ray of light this week. So Marcello Rebelo de Sousa is the president of Portugal. And it was extraordinary. So this guy is 71 years old, and he's giving an interview in the Algarve um, beach area with media And he sees in the ocean these two women whose uh, kayak had capsized and they're drifting out to sea. He takes off his shirt, runs into the ocean and rescues these women, comes back out, puts on a mask and just goes back to the interview. Wait, What kind of mask?
0: Like a Phantom of the Opera?
1: No, like a, you know, like a COVID mask. Like, oh,
0: sorry, my head was still in the video. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he just was like, got to run. And he just like goes, saves the lives of these drowning women and came back. And I, you know, I think that this is leadership. Um,
0: That's exactly the, what Trump would do.
1: That right, like what would he have done? He just would have been like, ah, "It is what it is," <laughs> <I don't, laughs> right, like right. not my responsibility. Right, right.
0: Oh, okay. That's a great yup. I hadn't heard that story. My up goes to Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, um, oh, who yes, uh, was a, was a classmate of mine at school. She was a year younger than me. We worked on the paper together. She was a badass then, and she's a badass now. She's one of the great like Democratic governors. She was allegedly in the running for VEP pick for a while. Um, she didn't, they say she didn't get it also because she pissed off the teachers union. She like had a big fight over the pension. I'm not going to get into that right now. The reason I'm giving it to her this week is if you watch the roll call at the democratic convention, everybody is talking about the fact that, um, the Rhode Island representative who, who cast those votes behind him was a fisherman holding a plate of calamari. And yes. he's, and everyone's
1: the, talking about Rhode Island, thought, Rhode Island, the
0: calamari comeback state. Uh, <laughs> and it's basically because like they opened up the fishing industry and are letting Rhode Island people like fishermen, people like sell their wares across the country.
1: So smart, delicious. Who and, like, and delicious is right?
0: delicious. Yeah, <laughs> grilled, fried, sauteed, anyway, wood any plank on a wood it. plank. I love a wood plank. Oh anyway, God, so thank yeah. you, Governor Gina Raimondo. Um, I emailed her. She didn't yeah. write back. So maybe. Well, you know, Josh's
1: <laughs> aunt and uncle. Um, they moved to Providence recently, and it's actually they have the lowest level of COVID in the whole country. So it's a great place to live if you're uh, over what's the cutoff over fifty and at risk for COVID. And, and love calamari. And love calamari. <laughs> There's
0: no fine. The, Ven- the Venn diagram. Of over fifty places and calamari is squarely in the center of Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, that's all we have time for. Um if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. If you write a great review, uh we will maybe read it just like we did at the top of this show. Uh five stars only, please. Tell your friends in real life, grab their phone, hit subscribe. Um and uh I think that's it. Anything else, that's Rachel? That's all we have okay. nothing further. We, we yield nothing. back our time. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Terrible, terrible week. Fun podcast to record, though. This has been Nope.
1: The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot.